Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. <clears throat> it is the last day of October, which means it's the 31st, and my computer is making a strange noise. So I don't know if that will come through on the recording, like a little fluttering noise in the bowels of my laptop. Yeah, what is that? <clears throat> I don't know, but I think it lends it to I our, think it's in the computer. our a wonderful sound quality. Will you move it one day? You know, that's just how it is. It happens a lot of the time. This is a fancy, nice laptop. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Well, I've lost my E key. I actually have the key, but I don't know how to do anything to make this thing better. (laughs) So, anyway, if you want to continue to listen, this background noise will be here for you. (laughs) Maybe they can't hear it. Maybe they can't hear it. Let's just and, <clears throat> so, we didn't podcast last week. Because we were at a retreat. A clergy retreat, not the... We were... They had all, the, all the clergy have to go to this thing, so we... We had to go. Yeah. And Lee Gatiss was there. He said he's good. Good talks. Yeah. And we stayed in the Airbnb, which is... We always we usually stay at the... At the La Quinta. La Quinta Motel down there, which is not the greatest. But this, <clears> the, for less money, we stayed in a place called The Nest. Which was really odd. It was, an Airbnb. It was very strange. Like we walked birds in and, and there was bird sounds yeah. playing. We had to figure out how to turn them off. And there were pictures and of birds everywhere. And it was very strange. They, was big. they were big in the, th- into the theme. Yeah. But it was <laughs> nice, much nicer than the hotel. Yeah. So... But then, uh, oh, I put my back. I was crazy. <clears throat> well, it's actually my neck. I put, I did, I did something bad to my neck and it manifested itself in my shoulder. And so I couldn't move. You just woke up one morning in the middle, actually in the middle of the night, you woke up and I, I woke up and you were away from the bed and I remember you gone, but then you went through, you were on the couch and moaning in pain. <laughs> so. And you hurt yourself sleeping, I guess. I hurt myself sleeping. <laughs> like, that's literally what happened. The bed hurt me yeah. because it was so soft and comfortable. <laughs> and you couldn't, you could not move anything, really. Like, no, I any c- move was like hurt terribly. Pain. We took you to the, the, the um, urgent care. We had to miss the last day of the retreat because we had to take you to. Yeah. I was really sad about that. So. I mean, it's a little humiliating. I was humiliated to humili- humiliated to go to the urgent care and be like, I was just sleeping in bed, and now I'm in incredible pain, and is there anything you could do for me so that I can get on the airplane and fly home? Which they did. They gave me a massive shot, which sort of helped, but not really. And then... Yeah, they gave it to me. They said, oh, in two hours, you're going to be dancing around and yeah, that full was, of energy. Yeah, that was not true. <clears throat> so then I came home. And crawled around the house. Like, I had to, I slept for a long time for three days. And it seems like the first day you're not in a lot of pain. I admit, it? it still hurts, but I'm. Well, yesterday I was able to go to church and move around and be on the floor with the kids in the nursery and do things. This should. If we're getting older, this podcast is going to be a letter. I know, so. <laughs> Have I told you my sciatica? Yeah. <laughs> I just. Every, you know, along with the passion reading, we should include like a little segment about, about, talk about our pains what, what hurts really bad. 
I mean, I was sort of astonished by how much it hurt when I hadn't done anything. Like, I didn't, I didn't go to work. I wasn't like digging a ditch. I was lying in bed, and then my whole fine. body you were was fine like, before. <laughs> "I hate you. Right. I'm going to hurt you with every, with all the fury of a thousand suns. I'm coming. I'm coming at you." So. The the retreat is kind of a blur for me now because I because the it was really bad yeah so and we went we when we left for the treat retreat things were well we, we had gotten our lives in order we were yeah firing all cylinders yeah. and then you go we go to the retreat and everything falls to the ground yeah and, and you were weeping like you were crying well it hurt really bad <laughs> and I was so discouraged I I learned a valuable lesson do not push yourself to try to get your life in order before you do something because if you do that god will strike you down if you try to get, impose order and live in a you know fulfill all of your responsibilities and do all of your sort of admin work like respond to all your email and clean your house before you go on a trip don't do that because god will smite you <laughs> it's better to live in sort of this vague place of chaos where you're so it's like, kind it's of like a little bit of happiness. If you control. strive for happiness, it's going to slip through your fingers. But if you just don't do anything, see, I didn't know that I was doing anything wrong by trying to be in order. Be in order. So, <clears throat> uh, I mean, I feel you know what a good analogy would be is you're you're just a regular Twitter employee. You're you you've got your matcha tea or whatever it's called. <laughs> I probably pronounced it wrong. You're you've gone to the sauna you've you've zoomed into your meeting and then one day when everything is just golden elon musk buys twitter <laughs> and your life you didn't do anything you're just thrown into chaos <laughs> that's what happened to me basically yeah. god did that to me yeah, yeah i was just minding my own business <laughs> trying to be a responsible human and then Twitter has already changed, by the way, since like the day he bought it, everyone went on and started misgendering people and, and saying things like that guy, Dylan, what's his name? The the guy that Biden interviewed, the man who's pretending to be a woman that didn't, um, that you don't, that you are particularly offended by. What's his name? Dylan. I don't know what his last name is, but I yeah, don't even, he's, he's a man. It was all over the, all over the Twitter because in Twitter before you couldn't say that without being. Band. It's like we can all have the Jake from State Farm thing back, right? He's a guy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't been able to even have that. Yeah, He's a yeah. guy for yeah. a long time, so that's really great. It's the new, it's the dawning of a new age. Well, someone was saying that 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 it is because I read, I read an article. Maybe it was two thousand in two thousand sixteen. The people blamed social media for Trump's election, so. The, the what do you call the classic media the 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 legacy media legacy media got together with you know, <coughs> liberal activists and figure out how how we can how we can march through the social media companies and and get them to shut down free speech and and they did boy did they <laughs> yeah they did um and Twitter was part of the premier platform that has that was just ruled with an iron fist by 
by very, very leftist um, monitors. And now, I've read this morning, many of them are already fired, but some <laughs> getting their lay laid off today. Um, which, you know, I would normally hate that, I would normally feel really bad, but these people were responsible for, like, ruining lots of people's careers, reputations and careers. Yeah, yeah, so I don't, yeah. you don't, don't feel sad bad. No, I mean, I, I hope they find other jobs and they have a livelihood, but they shouldn't be anywhere near a social media platform. Well, so you couldn't say on Twitter for the last several years, you couldn't say learn to code, which is kind of a funny thing to say. Like, I say that to my children all the time when they're moaning about their lives. I say, hey, man, learn to code. But that's like a slur. You can't say learn to code on Twitter. But now you can. You can say that. I think that's a good thing to say to people who maybe like me who are melting down over their lives. You should, You can just say, learn to code. <laughs> I don't so. know what that means. It's what everybody said a long time ago when, when like all of the Buzz Buzzfeed was downsizing, and so people got on Twitter and said to Buzzfeed, Zoomers, uh, learn to code. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, your life's terrible. No, learn to okay, code. Okay, okay, okay. You're, you have a bad job. Why don't you get a real job? Basically. Okay. But you couldn't say that after a while. Twitter would ban you for saying to somebody, learn to code, which was a way of saying, get a job. Oh, okay. You couldn't, that was one of the things. You couldn't misgender people, but you also couldn't say, learn to code on Twitter. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. How is it that I know something? That I, I have don't no know? idea. So yeah. now you can say it, and it's particularly ironic because I'm pretty sure the people who are being laid off from Twitter today are people who don't know how to code. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, it's right. It's and a fascinating are... cultural phenomenon. But it's as nice as it's happened just before the election. We were here, and like, also, like, people were talking about COVID in a way they, they couldn't talk about COVID before. Ivermectin works. So <laughs> people are just saying, saying stuff. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, yeah, doesn't matter. Like, just like, say it. It's like, it's like a freedom. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> that's, that's really um, funny, though, that. Like, that's what makes us feel free. Cause I know. I know. It's kind of a being able to be on Twitter is, you know, sort of peak decadence. Yeah. So at least we have our freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. We were going to talk about what we were going to talk about. We, oh, well, uh, there's other things going on in the world. We, um, well, I finally sent in my thing on spiritual friendship, but then there was a really, really good article Moral, I think, by Carl Truman mm -hmm. about the recent revoice. No, Carl Truman wrote on first things, but there's another article on world in world which did describe what we, what happened at this the latest revoice conference. Uh, right. No, I no, I think he was also. I think there were two things. He were also wrote in world, but he didn't write that. He didn't write the, the one describing everything that happened. That's so easy. Okay, well, we don't need to litigate this here, but <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> he wrote an article. Responding to reflecting on the article that was written about what actually happened at this year's revoice. Yeah, and this year's revoice was, I mean, like, like, the article you wrote last year about last year's revoice was kind of pu putting alarm bells out there for the, the trends that you were seeing, um, and one of those was the mention of side A people, which is people who believe, quote unquote, Christians who think it's fine to have sex um, with people of the same sex. 
if you're gay or whatever. And God will would actually want like they they claim to be Christian, right? But they claim that God blesses right. homosexual activity. Yeah, as, that's side A. And side B say they're Christians and they're not they're not going to have sex. Yeah, they. Um, although they're homosexually attracted to people of the same sex or bi or whatever they, they want to identify themselves as. Uh, but but the, but the warning sign one of the big major warning signs last year was that Revoice was saying that or at least one speaker from the platform referred to side A people as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, but, but this year that was everywhere. I mean, this year was, that was anyway. Well, this year, the, the pronoun and transgender yeah, stuff was, was front and center. Last year, there was one out breakout session in which people use pronouns. It was a panel. Right. Well, several speakers, Elizabeth, Black called out, you know, was excited about people using their preferred pronouns. But then there was a a panel on trans issues and they, uh, a lot of people on that had, you know, said their pronouns. And one of the interesting things, because because I, I guess Reforce is really caught because there's nothing that I mean they couldn't not use pronouns because they've already the whole predicate the whole presuppositional position of, of revoice is that the gender spectrum is an accurate assessment of human nature like that the, 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 the queer theory practice of identifying people by their sexual predilections as as homosexual or, or straight is a, is a fine thing right you can identify yourself on that on that spectrum mm-hmm. so if you've already taken that step you can't very well turn around and say, but, oh, but not you. you. Yeah. So if if the trans person wants to say he's a she or a they or whatever, Revoice has nothing in their arsenal to stop that. Right. And I don't think they wanted to, but I mean, if they, but, but having already lost, embraced queer theory, they can't. I mean, it's the marriage of queer theory with the Christian idea of the Imago Dei. Like yeah. you take... You take what people in Christianity say, Imago Dei, and you make that about, you impose a, well, you map on, as they say, you map on queer theory over that. And that's quite an astonishing twist in the story of Christianity, and one that would alarm So how everyone. would you say they were doing the Imago Dei thing? Well, because in the, I mean, you're, that's what everybody says, I'm made in God's image, and made in God's okay. image. I'm made in God's Are image. Are they, and they're using, they're also it's including the that, that sexual identity as part of the image of God? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. And yeah. so if you're, that's a, if you're experiencing strong gender dysphoria, somehow you have to figure out what your identity is. I mean, that would have been treated, treated as a mental yeah, illness. Yeah, as a mental illness in, in, in previous past. times. But now it's part of your Imago Dei. You know, it's I mean, are. yeah. That's your, that's the, you, your, your attractions to various people are part of your created nature. Right, and so, so God would say, don't have sex with certain people. But if you, if you feel a strong desire to be with another person, that's part of who you are. And God isn't going to tell you that that's wrong. It's only you if you to, act on it. Right. You just need to make, take the lust out of it. Is that correct? You need to, don't, 
you can have even a romance with someone yeah. without, as long as there's not like actual eroticism involved. You can't, that... you can admire the beauty of another person, physical beauty of another. You can be drawn to them aesthetically. You can appreciate their soul in a deep spiritual way. And you can take vows of friendship that are a very uh, akin to mar marriage vows. Just as long That's as what you don't is, ever, right? taking those yeah, vows, as right? long as you don't have sex with them, you're fine. And God is, you know, you're actually tapping into some part of the divine. You know, it's really amazing because it, 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 it's a really a one-way street. Because like a, a man who is heterosexual, who feels in the depths of his soul that he would like to be with many women, not just one, um, deciding that hey, honey, we're married. I'm also going to have the, the spiritual friendship with you know, Jennifer over there. And we're going to take vows. And I really, I, I think she's beautiful. I think she's gorgeous. I mean, I, I just think she's got a beautiful soul. I mean, her soul is beautiful. And, and so we're, we're going to take vows together. Not marriage vows, because you and I are married. But we're going to take, we're going to take vows together. And I'll live with her like half the week because we're going to be, you know, we're going to be friends. And we're going to be in the separate bedrooms, of course, but, you know, we'll pray, have morning prayer together and we'll, we'll worship Jesus together um, as kind of a, a monastic community. Maybe we'll invite some more women to, to join us and they can take vows too. And, and it's going to be like this monastic community and it's going to be a spiritual friendship. And I'm going to write a book with two hands entwined and their fingertips touching <laughs> about it. But don't worry because our marriage is a real marriage and it's sacrosanct, so I would never cheat on you. That's, I mean, it's, it's, that's really what they want the rest of the world, the Christian world to believe is that they can take these vows and enter, enter into these relationships and even living, living arrangements. And, and that, and that, that this is something that pleases God when they're, when they're setting themselves right next to fire. And I think that's the thing that, that over the last couple of years, as I've watched this movement grow and what I liked so much about what Carl Truman said was that he said people for the last few years have been begging revoice to listen to what the critics are trying to say right. even if they're saying it badly obtusely inelegantly right. christians have been saying to revoice hey just pause a minute you're you're doing you're suggesting that the church do something that is really problematic <laughs> potentially super dangerous just pause, listen to what we're saying. And Revoice has pretty much said that anybody who criticizes them is beyond the pale and a hater. They've just come very strongly out against any criticism whatsoever. Right? Which says, it, as this movement has gone on, has said to me a couple of things. You, you, were, you, you, you faced that. Yeah. You faced one of the things that it says is that they don't believe in hell. They don't believe that a person can put themselves into a way that separates them from Christ and his kingdom. Well, I wouldn't say wouldn't believe I mean... They don't think it's dangerous. Okay. They, they, they don't, don't, think, they don't see the road thing, they're on as one, as one that could lead... That could lead to, a person into hell. Which would say to me, they don't, they're not worried about hell. Right. They're not worried about people being eternally separated from God. Right. If they were worried about that, 
they would stop and say, wait a minute. Maybe you shouldn't have a partnership with the person you're attracted to if it's outside the bounds of Right. The or, or you know, because what if they also want to disciple people on the margins, young people. You can't know about the solidity of every person's Christian faith who comes in to contact with Revoice. And you're really inviting people to explore their, you know, desires. Right. If as, you as do if you that, have the power, as if you, and this is that, yeah, yeah, okay, that's a really good point because I think part of the assumption is that you have the power to 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 distinguish to distinguish the good and the evil in your lust. Yeah. And and you you have that insight into your own being. You're able to. Once you have distinguished them, assuming you do so correctly, to strengthen the good and, and kill off the bad, you don't have that power. You're not the Holy Spirit. You don't. You, right. you probably don't have that discernment because you're not the Holy Spirit. Um, what you do when you have these, when you have any kind of temptation or lust or whatever, you, you you say you confess it and you say, "Help me, Lord." Not let me dive into this and see see which parts of this I can I can I can baptize, which which part of this lust for other women. If you're a man, like this, what part of this lust for other women besides my wife can I baptize and make holy? And you can't. I mean, Don't do that. so like God, if you were to say that you had an aesthetic appreciation of a woman who's not your wife, you're, you're, you think her soul is beautiful and her body is beautiful and you just want to appreciate her beauty. That's got a grain of truth, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're, some people are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful and the people have beautiful souls and yeah the grain of truth though in that is pretty tiny <laughs> if you're a heterosexual 18 year old male right, right. you <laughs> know and you should trust other people and god when they tell you we weren't born yesterday and you aren't really appreciating her soul you are not desiring the good you are desiring to do evil a man who's a 50-year-old man who leaves his wife for a younger woman, in this culture, that is to see somebody's beautiful soul. That's actually so wicked that God <laughs> would spew that out of his mouth. Yeah. Right? You, you're, the whole way they, they discuss good and evil is so compromised and so dangerous. Yeah. And yet so the thing that everybody in this in this world right now wants to hear. That's why everybody begged them for several years to stop, stop, wait, listen, what you, the thing that you are saying is very dangerous. Yeah. The thing that you are doing is so dangerous and you, it says that you don't really believe in evil. But they, you know, they've deafened themselves. They missed the irons last year. You were printed. This is how they, they deafened themselves by, by portraying themselves as the Gentiles and those who are disagreeing with them as the Pharisees trying to keep the Gentiles out of the church. That's what and, actually yeah. that upset me. The, the talk by Misty Irons, where she said that people who don't want to have revoice are the, are Judaizers, right? They are, they, they are committing a heresy. She said, yeah. So, so the Judaizing is, <laughs> I was, that, that is, that was a go read Galatians and the Judaizers were saying, um, you to be part of to be a Christian to be ju to be justified it requires not only trust and faith in Jesus Christ but also 
um, circumcision and the setting yourself under the Mosaic law and 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 uh, in the ceremonial aspects of it. And Paul says that's a betrayal of the gospel. So the, so Misty Iron's argument is that those who are saying to people who are identifying themselves as you know gay Christian or bi or, or he she they whatever um, that if you if you don't receive that um, that you're adding something to the gospel that you're mm -hmm. you're 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 adding another requirement that God doesn't add to the gospel. Um, and that's a, that's a massive confusion of categories because I can recognize as someone who um, who is confused about his sexual or her sexual identity, uh, loves Jesus, trusts in him is, and is justified. But that doesn't mean you also accept that confusion as as good. From God. You, have, you have to say so. There are people who are justified and saved in Jesus Christ who do terrible wrong things, and you have to say those are terrible wrong things. Um, there are people because who, there they're are, Christian right, doesn't make them right. okay. And there are people who profess to be Christian, but who do things that indicate they're not. Like that, that and one of those things would be marrying your gay lover, or or yeah. If if you uh, if yeah. you and I, I mean we that the whole point through the Episcopal Church, if you became an affirming person, you went. It's not that you couldn't be saved and go to heaven, but you went outside of the bounds of yeah. Christianity. You went, you left the visible church. If you say that that homosexuality is is good and that people should be together, mm -hmm. you went outside of the right. bounds of of the visible church. You are no longer a Christian. Doesn't that's mean not you can't adding go to anything heaven. to the gospel. That's that's just talking about what the boundaries of the faith are. So so I mean, just as in the same way, you know, you can't have uh, you can't believe that goats sacrificing the altar are sufficient to, to save you from your sins. That's it's a you can't you can't embrace the the thievery as a good thing. Those are that's just you you to do that means you're no you're no longer abiding in the word of Christ. And if you don't long if you're no longer abiding in the word of Christ, you're not his disciple. It's it's not adding anything to the gospel. It's just talking about the contours of the faith that, that has been revealed. It doesn't um, mean that God can't save you if you right, say that or right. that you can't go to heaven someday. But other Christians need to say to the world and to the church, that person's not a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think, you know, Carl Truman's article was basically, Revoices has has crossed that line with her, with her full-fledged embrace of the, the, of the transsexual movement that they've, they've crossed, they, they, they've, they've transgressed so, so far that they're no longer within, within the church. They, they've, they've untethered themselves from, from the Christian faith. We got that last year, but. Well, I thought they were going to do that. And that's why, yeah, I thought they were going to do that. And I thought that Misty Irons definitely, uh, the writing that she'd done before the, some of the articles that we linked to in the piece and just her talk, just the way that she handled the scripture for me, put her outside of the bounds of Orthodox Christianity. Like it, it was a total misuse of scripture. And I don't know, maybe it was accidental. I think people can walk back from their bad exegesis, but she hasn't done that in the last year and yeah so people were really upset with you for that article i mean yeah people who had been our friends um were were irate with you yeah for writing that and you had to get out of the pelican group because the pelican group was 
was not willing to distance itself from Revoice. And uh, yeah. um, a lot of those people are just, are I mean, just I think that they're still blindingly enraged with you. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't, one woman, I won't name her because um, no use doing that, but like she's going around calling people you work for trying to get, get you canceled. And it's just amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand the grief and the, um, I, and I, I feel like maybe I don't, but I, I think I understand the grief and that's that to be told no on such an essential thing is a deep and terrible pain. Mm -hmm. And the part of, part of the Christian faith, I think that's being lost in this debate, if that's what it is, is that God tells you an essential and deep no to who you are. Mm -hmm. He both says yes to you and no to you at the same time. And the no is likened to death. Right. He, you're told to take up your cross. You're told to, to die to yourself, to right. follow him. That, that implies a certain level of pain. Yeah. And every Christian who ever comes to Christ has to, has to hear that no, and then agree with it, and then come into the kingdom of God. And it doesn't, you know, hearing that no, like, okay, so... I kind of talk, I talked about this last week in my sermon about kind of defining what repentance means. It doesn't necessarily like let's say you, let's say you become a Christian, but you're an alcoholic. Like you 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 are you are struggling with that sin and failing. Um, some would say, okay, well, repentance means you absolutely stop it. And I guess in, a, in a, for repentance in its fullness does mean that, but that's not what's required for you to come into the faith. For you to come to the faith is to acknowledge, okay, this is a sin. I need this to stop. I don't want this to be my master anymore. And I'm giving this over to you. Help me, Lord. That's, I, uh, I don't know how to stop. I can't stop. Right. You that, know, but I, that's repentance, right? But you've I need turned, to stop. You've already yeah. agreed with God about the sin. You've confessed it. You seek help and mercy and forgiveness. And that's 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 what any that's what anyone needs to do. Now, there are, of course... Um, you know, so the different types of sin, right? So if you're, if you're like, you know, if you're happy, if you have a mistress and you're married or you have a, a, a male lover uh, aside from your husband and you're married, that, that you need to stop that, right? <laughs> that's not like some habitual besetting sin that's got, <laughs> got its claws on you. That's an act of, act of rebellion. So just, you know, kind of stop doing that and, <laughs> and go back to your, go, go back to your husband or wife or you're not going to be baptized. Um, or you're not going to keep taking communion, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, but this, but these kinds of things are on the level of the cheater, right? The 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 the, the decision to use a pronoun, the decision to um, to reject the the idea that actively rebelling against God sexually, like the side A people do, takes them outside the faith. That's the you're on this trajectory. The acceptance of, of, of queer gender categories, which undercut, undermine, and and destroy the creation categories of male and female. That's a step out. You you you've then that's like cheating on your spouse and deciding not you're not going to stop doing that. So there's a there's a I think it, I think that's what the point is. is you've, you've now stepped beyond the the pale of of orthodoxy. So you but even then it's not too late. Yeah, you can, can turn back. You can turn back. Revoice today could say, 
We made a terrible mistake. We made a terrible mistake. We, we made a terrible sin. We, yeah. <laughs> we're doing, we're on the that, wrong path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we would like to stop. We're not going to use these categories anymore. Please, uh, you know, uh, listen. We're you know we're 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 going to try to to do help it. us figure yeah, this out. Help us figure this out. It would right. be, uh, that would be a the thing, thing to do. So, and it has happened. It, it, uh, I remember when I was first a Christian, I listened to Hank Hanegraaff, the Bible Answer Man, and he, one of the cults around in his day, I think it was the Church of God, I can't remember, but the leaders of that of that cult contacted him, and he met with them, and they repented. Wow. And they, the, the cult split in half, of course, because mm -hmm. some of the cultists still want to be cultists, but, but the, the good half of that former cult became a, an actual Christian body wow. of Christian people. It's really, really amazing, right? So this, I mean, God can, of course, do this. And we pray that he will with the leaders of Revoice and the people who are involved in Revoice. But it's a dangerous, dangerous organization right now. And it's leading people further and further away from Jesus. Yeah. So <laughs> I think you should do our passion reading. Didn't we have something else we're going to talk about? One more thing? I forgot what it was. Um, I forgot what it was. We had Today something. is Reformation Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but we, we weren't going to talk a lot about that. We're just going to note, note that today is Reformation what Day. And there's a lot of people going around saying, for... it's also Halloween, but there's a lot of people going around saying, oh, you shouldn't be celebrating Reformation Day. What was, it, what was that one person saying? Oh, yeah, because it's too big and too nuanced a thing to oh. have just one single day where you say it's Reformation Day. You should have, like, Choose you should celebrate the, the various creeds or, I don't know, like... Uh, count things that happened in I don't know by, we have by region. Month and yeah, well, we have Pride, Pride, Pride Month. We have Reformation Month, month. <laughs> and we'll do all of them. All, all the the English, the Swiss, the German, <laughs> the French. We haven't even planned our meal today, so. Well, we are going to church to celebrate Reformation Day by dressing up and right. giving candy to little children. <laughs> but usually, we celebrate Reformation Day by taking a reformed nation's food and eating it. Like so, well, we could do that this week. We would have sausages and and beer for the german reformation and then, i think we just usually circle back to the swiss reformation because fondue is so delicious yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we usually just <laughs> we're like oh, it's time to eat fondue <laughs> <laughs> and jump into like geneva um i for as for us in our household our girl for reformation day i and my girls are going to dress up as lady novelists I'm going to be no Barbara one will see you, you guys do these things, obscure um, things that nobody recognizes. One child is going to be Agatha Christie. Another now, one's going to be... How is she going to recognize her as Agatha Christie? She's going to she's gonna hold the book and be like, I'm Agatha Christie. <laughs> one's going to be Dorothy Sayers. They're going to have Jane Austen, Dorothy Sayers, Agatha Christie, and Barbara Pym. The highlights of, of the English Reformation. <laughs> I just don't know how that's going to work out because no one's going to know who they are. It doesn't matter. Like, people don't... You're, you're misunderstanding them how this whole thing works <laughs> so what you're saying is not how any of this works you just tell people who you are and when you run up to their house you say i'm that's just I'm destroys the whole thing of a halloween costume a halloween costumes you're supposed to know what it what the person is like it's you, you you look oh i see this person is a stormtrooper or this I mean, person you is, can a, just say, is darth I'm a lady, vader or this I'm a lady person novelist. is a, a batman or something i'm a <laughs> I'm a lady novelist. I'm a lady novelist. <laughs> well, they should like, carry around bottles of wine then. 
<laughs> cigarettes. I think a lot of the lady, lady novelists smoked, except for Jane Austen. Right, right, right. <laughs> so should we hand out packs of cigarettes? Here, child. <laughs> B, uh, Barbara Pym smoked a lot, I think. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great day. I, I just have to figure out how to satisfy the needs, the intellectual sort of assumptions and expectations of the one child who wants to be Dorothy Sayers and wants to look exactly like her. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Very plain. Very plain. Spectacles, slicked back hair, heavy set. (laughs) Why does she want to look like that? Well, she loves the books. She loves reading Dorothy Sayers. It's her favorite thing. (laughs) It's her aspiration. I mean, I like reading Carl Truman, but I don't want to play Carl Truman. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> well, I'm sure he doesn't want to like me either. So I mean, I mean, well, you don't have to dress up as like, your I favorite. Fact, I can't think of any novelist that I want to look You're, like. Well, he's not a novelist. Your favorite first thing's writer. Right. Well, should we, next year, one of our children should be Rusty Reno, and another one should be Carl Truman. This year, kids, we're going to be evangelical and Catholic intellectual elites. <laughs> G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. Get a big pillow, put it in your... Yeah, somebody shirt. should go with C.S. Lewis. That's never come up. Yeah. So. No, I was right, because it's the last thing we say, but... I know, we have to go. We have so much he, to do. <laughs> he purposely dressed very shoddily, because in his day, like, the, the, the already, like, the, the, the there was kind of a gay, queer movement in among the professorial class in Oxford and some of them were like dressing like dandies and like really really effeminate outfits male clothing not female clothing but male clothing but, and so he purposely didn't do that and looked like crumpled and <laughs> you don't think it was just easier and then he maybe I don't know he, but he was like I don't want to I don't want to worry about what I'm putting on today. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Well. That's it. Oh, the passion. Yeah, the passion. Let's see where we, we are gotta here. Go, gotta get it in. And since we are, I mean, Galatians is the text that... I can't find the Galatians. Where is it? it? It's not down there in your pile of... You know, your enormous pile of books. I mean... There's lots of things. There's a lot of um, passion Bibles over there on the shelf if you want to. I'll just grab it. We'll have to take a break from Galatians and find another uh, another, another one. Okay, let me just try the Gospel of John. <laughs> and let's see what he it's says It's called here. Eternal Love. <laughs> it is called Eternal Love. That's right. It's the name of John's Gospel. Let's see. Um, okay, here's John 1. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. Oh, dear. Well, that's heretical. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. Of what? They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence. This is just confusing. What is what is a living expression? What? That's like life came into being because of him. For his life is light for all humanity, 
And this living expression is a light that bursts through the gloom, or through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. Then suddenly, <laughs> then suddenly, a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John, for he came to be a witness to point the way to the light of life and to help everyone believe. That's John that's was really bad. That's, that's, that's this really, is all, really, this really is bad. All very sinful. John was not that light, but he came to show who is, for he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. Nope. Not unaware. <laughs> they hated him and rejected him. He came to the very people he created, but those who should have recognized him uh, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. That's, that's better. But to those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become children of God. He was not born... Okay, here's a bad, bad, bad translation. He was not born by the joining of human parents. No, this, <laughs> the, the, it's not talking about he. It's this, this in, the, in the Bible, it's actually talking about those who were born of God were not born of human flesh or will or this is but he's now made this about about jesus or the living expression the living expression he was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by man's desire but he was born of god and so the living expression became a man and lived among us and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the father overflowing with tender mercy and truth john taught the truth about him when he announced to the people, he's the one, set your hearts on him. <laughs> I told you he would come after me, even though, I told you he would come after me. I told you. <laughs> even though he ranks far above me, for he existed before I was even born. And now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. And from him, we receive grace heaped upon more grace. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor except the uniquely beloved son who is cherished by the father and held close to his heart. I feel like this is very evangelically speak. Yeah, it's really cherished, bad. This is really, really bad. I mean, I just cherished said several levels. And, you know, flourishing. So, yeah. So the, remember, the, the, if you don't know what the Passion Translation is, we explain it every week, but the, the Holy Spirit apparently told this person, um, what's his name? Uh, Brian Simmons, what the actual translation of the actual languages actually. are. Actually. Right. So you, if you have a, a ESV or a King James version or NIV or whatever it is, you can just throw it away because the Passion version is the real version. And it's amazing that like, the Holy Spirit actually speaks like a 40-something a 21st century evangelical. <laughs> it's a bit like Sarah Young. Yeah, right, right. Jesus she, sounds like Sarah Young. <laughs> Jesus sounds like Jesus. Yeah, so, so anyway... We're probably done. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for listening. And we will probably be back next week because we're not going anywhere or anything like that. So uh, have a great week.